When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's lesson, we are going to be talking about the supremacy of selling and how understanding this principle will make all the difference in your business. The Homework Stop the insanity! For some reason in life, no one really wants to teach or talk about making money. But a millionaire university helping you start and grow your own business and creating wealth is our top priority. Each day, you'll be taught by multi-millionaire business owners who have been where you want to go and can show you how to get there. Follow and start listening to the Millionaire University podcast today. A little over 21 years ago in 2002, I packed up the few belongings that I had and headed up to Provo, Utah to begin attending college at Brigham Young University on a full-ride football scholarship. Although my scholarship covered the basics and everyone thought we had it made, the truth is it was barely enough to get by, let alone pay for any extras. So getting a job in the off-season was a must. I was talking to a friend one day who knew I was looking for a job and told me he could get me a commission-based door-to-door sales job selling satellite dish. I remember thinking at the time, is he for real? Does he really think I would stoop that low? I couldn't think of a worse way to live your life and a more pathetic existence. And besides, you only got paid based on the sales that you made. And I personally never known of anyone who ever said yes to a salesman for anything. It was more like, oh, no, it's a salesman. Hang up the phone. There's someone at the door. Tell them to go away. Why do they always keep calling? Oh, I can't stand salespeople. There was no way I was going to be that guy, a salesperson. (laughs) Could you imagine? Pathetic. Being on the football team, I was told I could probably get hooked up with a job. So I went and talked to the person who was in charge of hooking you up with a job. They put in a quick call for me and I headed off to Tony Roma's where I was ready to be handed my job as a server. Back then called a waiter for all you oldie but goodies. To my surprise, when I arrived, they handed me an application and told me to fill it out. A minor formality, I was sure, just to make things official. Also, I was a little thrown off to hear the pay was just $2 an hour. But with tips, I was assured that it would be closer to 8 But in a busy college town with more starving students wanting jobs than jobs available, I was happy to take what I could get. A couple days went by and I didn't hear from anyone. So I decided to stop by one day after a football workout and to my chagrin... What a great word. I was told that they had given the job to somebody else with waiter experience. I tried looking other places for other jobs, but nothing. I was desperate. What would I do? I reached out to my friend. At least he was willing to give me a try. I decided I would just test things out, even if just for a little bit until I got a better and more respectable opportunity. I remember the day like it was yesterday. It was a beautiful Saturday morning. They sent me out with Rob. Rob kind of talked like this. Yo, dude, you ready to make some money? (laughs) We pulled up to the first house and opened the door to get out. What are you doing? I thought to myself, don't do it. Don't go. Stay in the car. I was so embarrassed. As he knocked on the door, I just stood back as far as I could without it seeming really awkward. Just getting ready to just apologize to the person profusely for bothering them on a Saturday morning. I'm so sorry. I'm not one of them. I'm not a salesperson. I don't normally do things like this. I'm I'm so sorry to bother you. 
I tried to play it cool in front of Rob, but I was shaking inside. I was sweating. I was so nervous, so ashamed. And then nothing happened. No one came to the door. Phew, I thought to myself, okay, let's go back home. But of course, we went to the next door. Deep breaths, deep breaths. But I could sense my system calming just a bit. And this time, the person answered the door. And the result? Total rejection. He was bothered. He was annoyed. He didn't want to talk to us. But Rob kept trying. I wanted to yell out, stop. No, we're sorry. We'll leave. We're so sorry. I wanted to run away. But I had no choice because I had an ego too. I couldn't let Rob know how I felt. Besides, he drove and I didn't have a way out. We knocked several more doors and the same thing. Ah, get me out of here. But then something happened. And at the next door we knocked, although they didn't seem incredibly interested at first, this time when pushy Rob kept talking about what we had to offer, I noticed he piqued their interest. Long story short, they actually let us in their house and signed up for the service. Then after another 30 minutes and a bunch more rejection, it happened again. It wasn't very hard for even someone like me to do that math. Rob just made $150 in one hour. That was almost 20 times more than what I could make anywhere else. That was more than my dad made. That was more than anybody I knew made. Although I was still pretty green, I decided to give it a go on my own. As a kid, I would work for a landscaper for $3 an hour pulling weeds in the hot sun. For $150 an hour, I didn't care how much shame, humiliation, or embarrassment it took. I still had doubts if I could do it, but I had seen it before my very eyes. And if cocky, how's it going, surfer voice who didn't really surf Rob could do it, surely at least with time, effort, and dedication, practice, and persistence, I could do it as well. Shoot, even if I did one-fourth as good as he did, it would completely change my life. Well, I wish I could say it was easy, but it wasn't. It was pretty brutal. And there were 20 times that I wanted to give up and quit and go home. But I didn't have a car. I didn't know where Rob was. He told me where to meet him at a certain time. And the combination of the glimmer of hope that I was given of what was possible by seeing what Rob did and my ego and the embarrassment I would feel by driving 35 minutes home with Rob and then having to tell the other guys that I didn't even try. So I just kept going one door after another. It had been almost two hours of me knocking doors all by myself. Two of the longest, most excruciating, painful hours of my life. It was almost over. I couldn't wait. I was about to head to the spot where we were going to meet, but I somewhat begrudgingly, with everything I could muster, convinced myself to knock just one more door. Okay, here we go. And the person who answered the door was actually pretty nice. Not only that, but she said, oh, we were just, we were just talking about switching over to Dish the other day. What? What was going on? Was this real? Yeah, come on in. I fumbled my way through the different offers that we had. Fortunately, she had already done a little bit of research on her own. She probably knew more than I did, if I'm being honest. She had some questions that I couldn't answer, so I called Rob and he helped me out. And she signed up. I couldn't believe it. Not only that, but she was really excited that I came and really excited to get the new service. It's like I got paid to help her out. Needless to say, I stuck at it. At first, I told myself I was the really nice, non-pushy salesperson. But I quickly realized if you can be nice and persistent, I relabeled it because, you know, I didn't want to call myself pushy. You can make three to four times as much. The truth is, I started to realize that I really had something of value to offer these people. In most cases, what I was giving them was better than what they currently had. And in a way, as much as satellite dish TV could, I was really helping improve their life. I was a salesman. 
and I was dang proud of it. In fact, I couldn't help it, but as I would go around and see other people that were working for $8 an hour, it was like, what are you doing? And I would try to tell some of them, hey, you can do this thing and make so much more money. But they mostly wouldn't listen. But it didn't matter. My life had completely changed. I would never have to beg for an underpaying, low-wage job again that would tell me where I had to be and when and wouldn't give me time off when I wanted. At the ripe old age of 21, I was officially unemployable. Shortly after marrying my dream girl, it occurred to me that I can make two to three times as much per sell if I started my own Dish Network retailership. Could you imagine, I said to Tara, we're going to be rich. So I dropped out of college, giving up my full ride football scholarship and convinced Tara to quit her job as a teacher. And we started our own business. At first, things were great. We did have some upfront inventory cost and there was definitely more paperwork and things that we had to take care of. But I was doing almost the exact same thing and making way more per sell. I had once again figured out how to two to three X my hourly rate. How could we do even more? I thought. It didn't take long to realize that I was previously making the owner of the company I used to work for about $100 every time I got a sell. What if we brought on other sales reps to sell for us and we got paid $100 every time they got a sell? This was going to be good. Now, it wasn't without its challenges, but it worked. The coolest thing was sometimes going out to eat with Tara with a coupon, of course, or go to a movie and know that people were out making money for you. It was such an awesome feeling. But... I wasn't satisfied. I wanted more. I had seen what other companies were doing. And while math wasn't my strong suit, it wasn't that hard to do some basic addition and multiplication. How many cells would it take to make a million dollars, I thought to myself. Once that seed was planted, there was no turning back. So we set out to make our plan a reality. I got a business partner. We hired an assistant. We would also need an office and more staff. And if you have an office and staff, you're going to need office furniture and decorations. I literally remember going and looking at the furniture and decorations, picking everything out, getting new computers, buying some new suits and dress clothes, signage so we could look legit. Oh, and then the phone system. This thing was way more expensive than I thought it would be, but but hey, it was a cost of doing business. Besides, by the end of the summer, I would have a million dollars, so it didn't really matter. We were going to be rich. (laughs) My partner and I divvied up roles. His only responsibility was to recruit a summer sales team. So he thought it would be good to hire a couple of recruiting managers. With all the staff and the new office that we had, we would need an office manager. And this office manager had all kinds of things that she felt like we needed. But hey, we were making it happen. We were in business. Well, to make a long story short, my partner, nor our so-called recruiting managers, recruited one single salesperson. And it was time to face the hard truth. There would be no summer sales program. And the only two salespeople that we had out in Bakersfield, California, were being total (laughs) And after being major pushovers, we finally told them to take a hike. So here we were with no incoming revenue, no future summer sales program, and $120,000 of debt. For someone who only a decade earlier was working pulling weeds for $3 an hour, the weight of that crushing debt seemed insurmountable. But we had no choice. With a young baby, we now had an extra mouth to feed. And all the money that we had borrowed was in good faith from friends and family who were counting on us and trusted us to pay them back. And there were three installers, two of them being our brothers, 
workers that were still in Bakersfield, California and needed work. So almost overnight and with the help of Tara's family, we put just about everything we owned in the back of a U-Haul, used rope to hopefully somewhat secure our baby's car seat in the middle. And just like that, we were off to Bakersfield. We moved into a 2000 square foot home with all the other installers, Tara's brother's girlfriend, and a guy named Matt who would sometimes end up sleeping on our couch. I recruited my brother to help with sales and for the next six months, we put our heads down and day in and day out, we just made it happen. One house after the other, one foot in front of the other. Tara stayed home and helped with the admin and took care of our son. And every day I'd sell satellite dish door to door in the heat of Bakersfield. After six grueling months, we did it. All the debt was paid off and then some. We were going to be okay. In his book, Ready, Fire, Aim, Michael Masterson talks about the real business every business person is in. He quotes Ted Siuba, who says, Every business is really two businesses. One of those businesses has to do with the product you make or the service you provide. That part of your business, Siuba says, is easy to get wrapped up in. I am a designer, the business owner thinks, so I must spend my time designing. In fact, he says most of the business owner's time should be spent on the real business that every business owner is in. Selling. Masterson goes on to say, selling should be your number one priority. That means spending the lion's share of your time on marketing and sales-related activities. You don't have to do the actual selling yourself, but you must be involved in every step of the process so you understand the problems and sense the opportunities. It doesn't matter the expertise you bring into a new venture, whether you are a numbers person, a people person, or a systems person. To be a truly effective entrepreneur, you must become your business's first and foremost expert at selling. There is only one way to do this. Invest most of your time, attention, and energy in the selling process. The ratio of time, creativity, and money spent on selling as opposed to other aspects of the business should be something like 80-20, with 80 of it going towards selling and only 20% towards everything else. He goes on to say that the biggest mistake that most wannabe entrepreneurs make is they spend most of their time, attention, energy, and capital on things such as setting up an office, designing logos, printing business cards, filing forms, writing contracts, and refining the product. They have the impression that they are doing things in a logical order, getting everything just right before they open their doors. In fact, they're wasting valuable resources on secondary and tertiary endeavors. The activities that relate to making the business look and feel like a real business, i.e. legal accounting, operational, and image building activities, are tertiary considerations at a stage one of a business life cycle. As tertiary considerations, they should be given little or no attention. In stage one, he defines it as any business that is just starting out and is between zero and one million in annual revenue. I learned a big lesson from that first business. And since then, I see it all the time in new or struggling business owners. Let's say you have a target and the middle of that target is where all the magic happens. The middle of that target is marketing and sales, revenue generating activities. And just outside of that is product development, customer service, fulfilling on the promises that you made. Everything else is on the very outside of the target. Or not on the target at all. But I would say what 90% of new or struggling business owners are doing is they're not even hitting the target. And if they are, they're hitting the outside of it. You don't have to be a genius to be successful at business. You just have to hit the target. 
For years, I blamed my business partner for not making it happen in sales. In fact, maybe it's just right now as I'm preparing this that it hit me. That was 100% on me. But knowing that gives me power. It gives me control. It gives me the ability to take that responsibility and control the outcome. And you as a business owner are 100% responsible for the revenue generated in your company. Stop worrying about all the things. Most articles you read, most things that you listen to will give you 100 different things that you need to do in business. 90% of it is garbage. Find something to sell and sell the heck out of it. It might take a little bit at first to find out the best system or process that works for selling that thing. But once you do, then just keep going. And as you expand and get more help, don't take your eye off the ball. Sales are the lifeblood of your business. Sales are your business. So get after it and make it happen. I hope you guys are as fired up as I am and you enjoyed that lesson on the supremacy of selling in your business. If you enjoyed today's lesson and are getting value out of the Millionaire University podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. It would mean the world to us and getting the show out to more people helps us do more cool things, which is good for everyone. Also, we want to start getting a little more interactive. If you have any questions or comments for me, shoot me an email, justin at millionaireuniversity.com. Let me know what business you're working on, any ideas you have, where you're stuck. I'd love to hear about your successes and where you're struggling, where you could use help. And we'll talk about it on the podcast. Once again, that's justin at millionaireuniversity.com. So until next time, you know what you need to do. Get after it. Sell that thing. Hit that target. Don't be like me and don't ever take your eye off the ball of what matters most in your business. Until then, this is Justin Williams, your chief millionaire mentor, signing off. Hasta la pasta.